Welcome to season four of the Fit Farming Food Mom podcast. Connie is a world champion powerlifter, former bodybuilder, and an elite trainer and nutrition coach. As a movement enthusiast and health nerd, she is here on this show to speak with educated guests and dive into the realm of all things health, fitness, mindset, and everything in between. If you enjoy this show, please do us a huge favor by smashing the like or subscribe button and leaving a review. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome back to another episode. I'm happy you're joining me for your morning drive, or maybe it's afternoon. I'm not sure where you're located at, but I'm thankful that you're spending your time with me today as I talk with Hannah Went, who has a degree in biology, history in multiple research internships that study cell signaling and cell biology. She has previously worked for the International Peptide Society, and she is an expert in methylation and age-based diagnostics. So I'm super excited to have her on the show today. We're going to talk about methylation, epigenetics, all the things that impact our age and things that we can do to help age more gracefully. We also talk about the diagnostic service that she offers that can help you identify markers that you may need to improve in order to have optimal longevity. So this is a really fun episode. We talk about a lot of things that I have not previously touched on in the podcast, which is really exciting, especially methylation, because that's a hot topic today. So anyhow, One thing I wanted to touch before we get going with this episode is that currently comprehensive blood work lab panels are on sale. This is an exciting time, only happens one time a year. They're 25% off, which adds up huge when it comes to your health journey. My personal favorite is the weight loss comprehensive panel. It is $206 right now, which is a smoking deal because if you had this lab panel done in a standard Western medicine setting, you would be looking at paying anywhere from $1,400 to $2,000. So this is a fantastic deal. Save yourself some money. If you recently had lab work done, you can bank these labs for later. So I usually buy a couple of them And I use them throughout the year, which is really, really cool. Pop on over to my website, www.connynightingale.com. Head on over to the lab test tab and it will walk you through ordering those. They are available in most states. Just make sure at checkout you select LabCorp requisition form. Anyway, that's all I've got for you. Here is my episode with Hannah Went. All right, Hannah, I'm really excited to have you joining us on the show today because we're going to dive into some stuff about epigenetics and what your true age is genetically versus biologically. I think that's something you're hearing about all sorts of that stuff now, right? It's buzzword. You're hearing about telomere length. You're hearing about all the things as far as aging goes. It's a hot topic. So you're going to fill us in on a lot of that today during our conversation. Oh, yeah, definitely, Connie. I'm super excited to to be here with you and, and to chat further in depth. So I'm excited to have you here, but I like to start with everybody telling us who you are, what you do, what got you going in this direction. Yeah, definitely. So uh, originally from north of Dayton, Ohio, so grew up in Ohio, 
came to Lexington, Kentucky for school, actually, at the University of Kentucky, uh, took a pretty traditional route. Uh, you know, I, I wish I had a better story to tell, but went the, the biology pathway and always had interest in, in science from, you know, when I was a little girl, as, as far back as I can remember. Um, became super interested in, in genetics in particular and, and had some experience with cell reprogramming labs and was very thankful to have, um, you know, some, some laboratory experience in that realm. But um, ended up graduating and getting a position actually at an really unique uh, place. It was it was a a compounding pharmacy, um, which really brought peptides to the market. Um, so it was this really unique longevity space I was open to uh, that I never knew about. Right, you don't know until you know. And we really served this niche group of providers that are mostly cash pay, preventative, integrative, functional, anti aging. You know, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, and, and did a lot of work there for a couple of years. Um, but when where I'm at now, uh, we actually were always interested in this, uh, a way to actually measure the uh, efficiency and effectiveness of those peptide products. Uh, so we created True Diagnostic, which is, I'm sure we'll get into, but it's a biological age testing company that looks at your epigenetic methylation markers. So we're not involved in that pharmacy space anymore, created the lab from the ground up in, in Lexington and are working on that full time. That's pretty, pretty cool. And you guys just started in, in 2020, right? And you're already yeah. doing some really big things. Yeah, we, we ran our first sample in, in July of 2020. Um, and we've actually tested about now 20,000 people to date. So I, I just was able to start saying 20,000 um, probably a couple of months ago. So yeah, it feels surreal. surreal. We're, we're constantly growing, which is a good thing. Okay, so I'm sure a lot of people here are going to have some questions. First of all, what is epigenetics? I've only done one episode on my podcast, I think in the whole four seasons it's been running on epigenetics. What are they? Why are they important? And then let's also talk about how that involves methylation, because that's another huge buzzword that we're hearing about now. People testing to see if they are methylators or not and things like that. Yeah, definitely. This is a huge buzzword. It's a huge trend. And, and I'm really happy, but I hope it, you know, I want it to stick. I want people to understand the importance of this, this testing. That's why it's so great to have, have conversations like this with people like you, Connie. Um, but from a broad perspective, we'll just compare epigenetics and genetics. I think that's a really good, good starting point. So you have your genetics and those are going to be, you know, your A's and your T's, your C's and your G's, what we call your nucleotides. Um, in your DNA that are not going to change. Those, those are stagnant. Whereas we're now learning a lot about these epigenetic markers, which are gonna be the expression of your genes. So epi stands for above, it's actually a Greek prefix. So just think of epi, you know, above genetics. So we're looking kind of on top of your DNA. One way I really like to describe this is, you know, your eyes and your heart, for example, they have the same genetic information, but what makes your eyes your eyes and your heart your heart? Uh, it's actually those epigenetic switches. We call them sometimes light switches. What, what genes are being turned on and what genes are being turned off. Um, another example I really like is it's like a, uh, you can think of it almost as a computer where the hardware is going to be your genetics. Again, that doesn't change. And the software giving those instructions is going to be the epigenetics. So there are a lot of fun ways you can compare and, and, and really look at it. Um, but when we dive deeper into what actually is epigenetics, they're, they're just modifications to the DNA. In particular, um, my company, True Diagnostic, and what we're doing is we're looking at the DNA methylation modification. 
And a lot of people are asking, you know, am I a good methylator or am I not a good methylator? That's going to be more of a question as it relates to your genetics. So that, you know, in that realm, you're probably looking more at your actual SNP information with your MTHFR gene and your COMPT gene. But I'll talk about how they intertwine. Whereas what we're looking at is just a methyl group. So a CH3, uh, a carbon and three hydrogens. And we're looking at if that is attached on top of your, your gene. Um, if it is attached, that means your gene is going to be turned off. And if it's not attached, then that means your gene is going to be turned on. And we want a really healthy balance of, of you know, methylation. Um, I always say methylation is not good or bad. It, it depends on the position you're looking at. So if something, um, for example, you want your cancer genes to be methylated. You want those to be shut off. We do not want those activated, but we want our tumor suppressor genes to be turned on, right? So, so some, some of those genes that are going to help suppress those cancer cells or tumors. So again, it's really site-specific. Um, but, you know, if, if you are a good or bad methylator, that's definitely going to have an effect on the expression of those genes. So we want to look at those hand in hand as well. Well, and this is peculiar, right? Because you have so many people that are like health officials, I guess I would say, saying that it's all your genetics. There's nothing you can do about it, yada, yada, yada. But in truth, epigenetics can be influenced by all sorts of things. And so like, yes, your mother may have had thyroid disease, but what are you doing to make sure that you don't switch that on in your own epigenetics? Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. It's so funny that you actually bring that up. I just shared a, uh, um, a reel or something on my Instagram. Uh, I forget who was speaking, so I can't give them credit, but it, it, it did. It said, hey, only, um, you know, all, all of your outcomes, basically only 4% of that is based on genetics. The other 96% of that is in your control based on your epigenetics. So you're starting to hear a lot of these um, other leaders in, in the space that, that I would say we, we follow more of, um, that are going to say things like, you know, food is medicine, your, your genes aren't your destiny. Um, more recently I've been hearing, uh, which is still getting uh, a little bit, I, I need a little bit of time to get used to this, but they're saying, you know, epigenetics is the new genetics, which I think that's absolutely true, but a different way to look at it. Mm -hmm. You're seeing this a lot in the obesity realm, I think now as well, where people are tending to, I hate to use the name excuse or the word excuse, but they're tending to say, well, it was in my genetics, but it, again, it falls on your lifestyle factors as well as to whether you're going to turn those genetics on or off. Uh, and, uh, dang, I can't think of the book that it was now that I was reading, but, um, where I think it was maybe Rob Wolf's mm -hmm. book. Um, I don't know if you've read it, but where he's talking mm -hmm. about, um, you know, you might have a young supermodel that looks like she's perfect, but she goes out on the weekends. She's 25 years old, goes out on the weekends and drinks and parties and does all these things. And then later on, she decides she wants to get pregnant. Well, some of those choices have influenced her epigenetics, which may now influence her unborn child's uh, genetics. So it's really interesting stuff. Yeah, no, um, that's actually called, uh, it's a long winded word, but it's called transgenerational epigenetic inheritance. Um, his name is Dr. Michael Skinner out of Washington State University who really coined that term and does all of his research on it. I actually heard him speak at uh, Preventative Lifestyle Medicine Institute conference in Seattle last year. Uh, and that, that conference is actually run by Dr. Jeffrey Bland but I was scared um, after I heard him talk because he, he does, he talks about all of the, this, you know, the toxins that we have in our environments and that the choices that we make, you know, depending 
depending on the air that we're surrounded in, depending on what food that we're going to eat, that actually can affect generations and generations to come. And, you know, same from, from your mother, they're passing that information on to you. So you're absolutely right that this is, is relevant every second of every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the funny part is, and I, I know this is a funny thing to reverse on, but I was in dentistry, uh, oral surgery in particular for 14 years. And you can kind of think of that as like the wisdom tooth analogy, right? You're seeing more like people's dental whole dental complex has completely changed over the last thousands of years. Right. And now people are even being born without third molars because they don't need Mm -hmm. them anymore. And that it's crazy how this stuff is passed down over time. Yeah, absolutely. And um, this will become more and more relevant. You know, there's a ton of work right now going on um, with fertility epigenetics, a ton of work going on with sperm epigenetics as well. You know, there is even some really cool, cool papers, actually, one of them from Dr. Michael Skinner, if you're if you could take a buckle swab, um, and actually look at uh, if you're going to have a preterm birth or not for people who are pregnant. So there's a lot of different insights that we can tell just by looking again at those on and off switches. So tell us a little bit what you guys are testing for and um, the difference between our our biological age and our actual age, our actual genetic age, I guess I would say. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'll I'll back up again and look at this more broad scope, but biological age is something that's been around for a long time. Um, And biological age, just by definition, is going to be the age of your body at a cellular level. And let me compare that to chronological age, just in case, but chronological age is going to be, you know, how long you've lived on this earth, how many birthday candles you're blowing off your your birthday cake every year. Um, So we know, though, that chronological age is not a good predictor for anything health related. We all know people who are 30 that look like they're 50, right, and vice versa. So again, chronological age is not not a good representation. That's what we call it uh, phenotypic variation, where people can be the same age, but, you know, they look completely different all because of their epigenetics. So this biological age is a way to figure out what's actually happening on a biological level down to, down to the cell. And, you know, there, there have been some really crude measurements of biological age in the past, like how many uh, smoking pack years uh, you, you've had or, or, you know, other ways to look at it. There's, there's calculators online where you can enter a bunch of things and, and you know, have a biological age pop out. Um, but I'm here to tell you that epigenetic methylation testing, what we're doing is going to be the most accurate, precise, sensitive way to measure this underlying biological aging process. Um, and, and, you know, I can send papers, Connie, if you want to link them in the show notes that, that talk more about this kind of on, on a um, peer-reviewed uh, publication-based level. But what, what we're doing, what True Diagnostic is doing, is we're actually taking a blood sample from you. So we send you a kit on to go through that process. You know, you, you get a little uh, Lancet finger prick. You're going to put that on a blood spot card ship it back to to us. We're going to take it through DNA extraction, quantification, do some other things to it. But what we get out in return is about 900,000 methylation markers. Um, and, and I see your eyes getting big, Connie. Um, that is the most we can measure right now. But here in a couple months, we'll probably be able to measure about 1.2 million um, just because of, of the vendor we use, Illumina. They're expanding kind of their array of what we can look at. Um, 
but we actually have 28 million different methylation markers in every single cell type. So we, you know, we're still not covering as, as much as we have, but we'll, you know, we'll get there in the future eventually. So we have all of these methylation markers. What are we doing with them? Well, I, I don't know anyone on this earth who can take a raw data file and interpret it um, because essentially it's just a bunch of a bunch of different numbers. But um, we call ourselves the Rosetta Stone of epigenetics. So we're helping you uncover that and, and telling you what it actually means. One thing True Diagnostic really prides ourselves in is we only use published validated algorithms to take that raw data and spit out an outcome of, of choice. So in, in our case, it's going to be related to age. Now, it really, uh, this, this epigenetic methylation testing field really got started with biological aging because of such a strong correlation looking at these methyl methylation markers and being able to predict age. So we, we give you what we like to call more of a longevity-based biomarker suite. Um, things like your overarching uh, kind of uh, biological age. Uh, we, we like to call that um, just, just more of this intrinsic fundamental baseline aging process. Um, our favorite, I would say, is actually a clock that we licensed from Duke and Columbia University. Connie, I don't know if you've ever heard of this one, but it's uh, going to be called the Dineen Pace of Aging. Does that, does that ring a bell? No. Yeah. I'm like, if, if it rings a bell, you, you have to have seen it somewhere because it has such a unique name. Um, the study actually took place in Dunedin, New Zealand. That's why it's, it's called that. Um, but I do know that there's also a Dunedin, Florida. And what this is telling you is how quickly you're aging biologically for every one chronological year. So this was a huge um uh, movement in the space. It actually began from a 50-year longitudinal study that started in 1972 and 1973. So they're following about a thousand New Zealanders across their entire lifetime and still studying them today to create this predictor. It's, it's really amazing. Um, but that one is just so good because it can give you real-time feedback every two to three months to say, hey, is what I'm doing working or not working? Right. It's, you know, especially for those, you know, biohackers out there or anyone who actually wants to track something, it's going to say it's going to basically give you a number between 0 0.6 and 1.4. And again, tell you how quickly you're aging biologically for every one chronological year. The goal, of course, being as, as low as possible. You want to be more towards uh, what we say, the turtle, right, rather than the, the bunny or the hare. Mm -hmm. I would well, say that's definitely one of our favorites. So that's something that I was thinking talking to you a minute ago, you were like, we checked 900,000 epigenetic markers. And I'm like, okay, so do you put these on a piece of paper and you're like, okay, our marker number one is X, you know, marker number two is Y. I mean, how do you break this down for the consumer? And is it strictly an epigenetic like blood test or are you getting some of their other habits too? Like, is there some kind of paperwork involved where you have a better understanding of things that are also influencing these epigenetics? Yeah, definitely. So we will not give you that raw data <laughs> unless you ask. It is your data. I want to make that very clear. You own it. Um, but it's it's definitely not something that you can you can just consume very easily. You know, I even have a hard time like opening the files on my laptop because they're so massive. Um, we break this down in a very friendly fashion for you all. Um, I would say we tend to over-educate rather than under-educate. Um, we actually have just, just pages and pages of reports explaining what this means with a lot of epidemiological context and information, because again, it's so new and, and we want to be the most uh, scientifically advanced in, in giving you all of the information you need so you can make changes um, and hopefully reverse a lot of those age-related biomarkers. Um, you are correct in the fact that 
we do collect some information up front. So each of those kits or, or you know, that sample does need to be registered. So you get a little barcode, you know, with the kit, you'll register it just like any other, you know, testing kit um, and give us some, some information and background about your health. Um, that information is not used in the creation of the outputs. So you could, you know, we do have some people even test us sometimes, which I love, but we do ask for your birth date so we can compare your chronological age to your biological age. Um, but you can put in, you know, a fake birthday. You, you can put in any information that you want um, uh, because again, we're not using that to generate those outcomes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually had a client yesterday. She did, I'm not sure who she did it through. She worked for Ben Greenfield. So I'm sure mm -hmm. some, something big, but, uh, she was like, I just did my testing and she's like, I'm 10 years younger than I actually chronologically am. And she was so yeah. excited about that. And I, we were kind of laughing because I was like, well, although I take really fantastic care of myself, I'm sure my athletic choices have influenced my age poorly. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? It's so crazy. Um, yeah, that that you say that. You know, I'm not. I I, I don't know all of your your habits and and, and stuff. Um, but yeah, we see those Olympian athletes, or you know, the just just really the champions. I would say of the fitness realm, they tend to come back a little bit older on average, just because you know, overtraining, more oxidative stress. And I, I I'm I'm an avid lifter. I love working out. Like, I, I don't believe it's a true workout, you know, unless you're, you're drenched in sweat. Like that's how my mind has always worked. I know that to not be true now, you know, you need to do meditation, breathing exercises, yoga and whatnot. Um, but whenever I tell people that, because I mostly work with our healthcare providers here at true diagnostic, I get, you know, two very different, um, responses. One is either, Oh my gosh, no way. Or two, like, yeah, I, I guess that. Right. So it's, mm -hmm. it's either, you know, one or the other on, on each side of the spectrum. Um, but I think we'll, we'll start to learn a lot about, about fitness and how it relates to epigenetics. Um, there's actually someone out of, out of UCLA, her name is doctor or not doctor. Sorry. She's, she's a student still PhD student, uh, Kristen McGreevy. And she actually creates, um, it's called DNA M fit age. So DNA methylation fit age, so she creates these fitness predictors from methylation. So you get this overall fitness score, but how that is actually calculated is from um, four individualized scores. And by looking at your methylation, we can actually tell you your, your grip strength. We can tell you your gait speed. We can tell you your FEV1, and we can even tell you your VO2 max as well. So my entire point of bringing this up and going a little bit more in depth here with you about this is we always stress that Epigenetics is way more than just biological age testing too. It is, it is a biomarker, just like with anything else. So, um, you know, on top of aging, we have some, some really other cool insights too. Uh, we can even tell you, you know, how much you've smoked across your entire lifetime, how much alcohol you've drank across your lifetime. Um, you know, if you're able to lose weight or not with caloric restriction. So there's all these other insights that you can gain by looking at your methylome. And, and it is even been expected to overtake your conventional blood testing and your hormone panel testing in the next decade or so as, as a complete replacement. Um, so it's changing medicine as, as we see it now. And I think we'll, we'll continue to see. So we get our report back from you guys. Now, what can we do to actively pursue betterment based on the stuff that we have found with this report? Is there um, I mean, cause obviously we're dealing with epigenetics, but say you turn on a switch, you don't want to turn on. Is mm -hmm. there, a, can you reverse that? What, what kind of things go into trying to amend things that may have happened 
uh, non-desirable things, I should say, that may have Mm -hmm. happened in the past? Yeah, so everyone wants to know the answer to this question, right? This is this is the the popular one here. Um, oh, I'll start with the news that people don't want to hear first. It's not going to be as specific as as you know everyone would want it quite yet. So I always say, as exciting as this field is, as you know, amazing at it as it is, um, it can still be very frustrating because it's so new. Um, so the first clinical trial. Um, showing a reversal in this biological aging came out in August of 2019. Okay, so you know we're we're not even talking four four years ago. It's really new science, um, but we absolutely know that you can reverse these methylation markers in as little as eight weeks. You know, we we do recommend retaking our test every six months as a follow up to track those changes. Um, but I kind of see you know the interventional therapy. I'm I'm trying to make a triangle here as as like a a, a pyramid. Um, And what we see on that bottom kind of half, if you think of like a food pyramid, is is your lifestyle factors. So I'm a firm believer in, hey, we need to figure out these things on the bottom before we can move up to that next level. And from a lifestyle perspective, I mean, there are so many things, right? There's your diet, your exercise slash fitness. There's your stress. There's your sleep, um, your insulin sensitivity, your alcohol, smoking. Um, you know, are you at a healthy weight level? So there, there's all sorts of, of kind of things and, and toxic exposure as, as well and, and kind of environmental exposures. So, you know, there's all things you can go, do, go and do in each of those categories to help regulate your methylation. Um, from more of a broader perspective, right? Because if you are at, if you have a a biological age that's above your chronological age, definitively you are at risk of almost every single chronic disease and death. So we need to work on, you know, slowing down your pace of aging in turn reversing those biological age markers by, you know, from a more generalized standpoint, doing the right things from a lifestyle perspective, turning things on that we need to be turned on and, and turning things off that should be turned off. Hmm. Um. Darn. I had a really good question, and I totally it totally fleeted me. I, and I got into something else that you were. So I guess now there's testing people do, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but there is testing that people do. They check homocysteine, I think, to to see how it influences their methylation. Can you explain how that works? Yeah, sorry, say that again, Connie. So some people, they will check homocysteine in their lab works to see how it affects their methylation or if they are methylators or are not. Can you tell us why that correlates? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, when people are testing their their homocysteine, um, this is going to tell you... uh, you know, a a multitude of things. Basically, it's a simple blood test. And a high homocysteine level may indicate you have a vitamin deficiency. So things like, you know, you're not getting enough vitamin B12 or folic acid in your diet. Um, Again, this can be, you know, passed on through different generations, like we were talking about. Um, This could put you at higher risk for cardiovascular diseases and and other, other health conditions as well. So where this comes to play in more of the epigenetic realm and what we look at, um, I really like this study that I'm about to describe, but I, I really like it because it combines genetics and epigenetics together. So in the genetic realm, if you have an MTHFR 677CC variant, so if you're homozygous for that variant, um, women in particular, you actually have an increased biological age automatically. There's just a very, there, there's a true correlation there. 
However, what they've realized, and, and your homocysteine levels are probably higher too, is, is the connection there. What they did is they supplemented with a, um, uh, a, a methylated cofactor, like your methylcobalamin or your 5-methylfolate, so the vitamin B12 or folic acid, and they almost instantaneously saw that that age reversal in those women. Um, so there's like a, a really great study and connection there. Yeah, right? Um, so that's a way kind of you bridge that, how you bridge that gap. I want to add something as well. Men were also involved in the study. Theirs would have been the 677TT variant. They didn't see a reversal in men because they did the same dosing. So I don't know. I think there was a dosing issue with, with the men and women, but women did see, did see the change. So, so yeah, that's, that's definitely the connection there. And I think that leads me to another point, which is as biased as I am towards the end. <laughs> genetic testing and as great as I think it is you know we need to look at everything together one test is not going to solve all right so there's this huge need for for multi-omics where we're kind of taking different things and looking at them synergistically Mm -hmm. yeah I was curious about that I mean I was I was gonna say Hannah you're killing me here first of all I'm an athlete Second of all, I have an MTHFR mutation as far as I know. So, uh, you know, I was like, crap, but here I was keeping my bucket as empty as possible to fill up with crazy athletics. And now you're going to add that to me. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. And, and, you know, the great thing about it is that oh, these things are changeable, right? Okay. You know, with the genetics, you, you can't help that you have that, that variant, you know, it's, it's unchangeable unless you do some crazy gene editing or, or something. Um, but if you just supplement with some really simple, simple, you know, um, formulations or ingredients, we can see that reversal. So that, that's also the, the beauty of these epigenetic methylation markers. So is there any support, uh, any research supporting the fact that if you don't know that you could have a gene mutation, taking methylated complexes anyways, just in case, or is there anything that like would support that? Yes or no? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you know, I, I would say that's definitely up for for debate, right? A lot of people say, "Hey, you can't over supplement, uh, so might as well, might as well take them, take them anyways." Um, but if you can take a simple test to find out, I think that's always super useful, so you can make it more personalized to you. Um, I can talk about one of the studies in, in one of the thought leaders uh, who's who's really involved in the epigenetic space. Her name is Dr. Kara Fitzgerald. Um, I'm not sure if you you've ever heard uh, about her or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she basically had one of the, the very first studies come out where she saw biological age reversal, but she got her start in the space with, with epigenetics and methylation and cancer. So her really big thought process and how she's thinking about it is, Hey, we don't want to shut things off that don't need to be turned off. We don't want to over methylate, right? We don't want to turn those tumor suppressor genes off. So her study involved all of, I would say, more natural ways to get that methylation. So she really focused more on um, dietary realms, on ways to get, you know, what she calls um, uh, methyl adaptogens. So things that are going to really put your, your methylation levels at more of a homeostatic realm and regulate everything. So she focused on more natural intake rather than supplementation intake. Okay, so a little more about what you guys do so that we can bring this into a better understanding. So you send the test, uh, the person puts their blood spots on, I'm guessing it's a card that's all 
mm-hmm. all the information's there. Then you give them a report back that says, hey, here's what's going on. Um, here's your chronological age versus your biological age. And then what kind of tools does it give you to help make improvements on that? Do you just know, okay, now I'm 10 years older, so I need to clean things up a little bit, or is it a little more specific? Like, Hey, maybe your diet needs to be tuned in because this is what's going on. Like, how does that look on paper? Yeah. We do break it down into a couple of different sectors, like those lifestyle ones that I was naming. Um, you know, it's really hard to make direct recommendations on those reports. Um, number one, everything is always changing in the space. So, you know, you want to stay up to date on all of the latest and greatest research. Um, number two, I recommend doing a report review with a healthcare provider who, who is really understands this, the science. So actually when, if, if you purchase one of our, it's called the complete collection, kind of the, the kit, the mother load, it includes everything I call it. Um, you actually do get a free consultation with one of our um, epigenetic coaches. Um, and, and they're all great. They're all very well versed in this space, but they'll be able to say, Hey, I know that this works based on the literature. Um, you know, that was published two days ago, right? I mean, they're getting the latest and the greatest updates. Um, so so I recommend going through through a healthcare provider and even getting it that way, but you will get a report review with that larger collection. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like it that, that, cause I'm, I'm that ad, that person that's like such an advocate, right? If I got that test, I'd be like, well, dang, what do I got to fix? Well, I mean, you might say fitness that might be problematic, but I, 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 yeah. I, tell, I tell my clients though, that I'm like, listen, what I do is probably not um, exactly healthy, but I keep everything in my bucket. So you kind of explained what I call the bucket, nutrition, lifestyle factors, toxic, toxic mm-hmm. loads, all of that kind of stuff. I'm like, this is your health bucket. You're going to have all these things that get dropped in the bucket. You got to control the ones that you can control. For me, I choose to go really hard athletically. So I make sure everything else in my bucket is perfect. I don't put stuff on my skin that has a toxic load. I don't like, I, I have the HEPA filters going to my house. I, yeah have my nutrition perfect, sleep perfect. Like I do all these things, keep my health bucket pretty empty so that I can just fill it to the top with athletic endeavors and get away with it a little more. I love that. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to start using that. I'm going to give you credit to the, the health bucket. So, um, there's actually a healthcare provider. I was on, on her podcast as well. And and she, her, her big thing is practically healthy, right? I, that might even be the name of her podcast, but you need to be practical. So what am I willing to give up? Right. And choose that thing. Hopefully it's only one, you know, maybe you're giving up just a little bit in a couple areas, but the other things, you know, you need to have those being, being good as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, me personally, what I always like talking about is stress. Like I am just a big ball of stress. That's just me. Can't help it. Um, I always tell a little funny story about my best friend who is getting married and, she came up to me when she was planning and all of this stuff. And she's like, Oh my God, Hannah, is this how you feel every day? Like, I just, I think I just, you know, became a little anxious and I'm like, yeah. Right. Like some people just don't experience stress, um, which is crazy to think about. So, you know, there's things we can do to lower those stress levels, breathing exercises, meditation, hot yoga, reading, writing, whatever does it for you. Um, you know, I do, I do consume alcohol and not nearly as much as I, I used to write. Um, but I think we're seeing more of that push just in general. Like you're starting to see all of these 
0% alcohol beers and kind of um, sodas and things being released. I think, I think we'll start to see that, that change hopefully from more of a, a population based level too. Um, so again, yeah. What are you willing to give up? What, what are you not? I think just, we, we know ourselves better than anyone else. Uh, right. So just be honest with yourself, be truthful. Don't make a huge change, you know, like cold Turkey, but make it your life, make it, make it your habitual daily routine. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's another key factor to this and it's to the people that really want to be healthy, right? It's easy to ignore things if you don't know that they're going on. I've found that with clients, when we start doing things such as lab testing and they now see on paper exactly how much this stuff is impacting their health and influencing their ability to perform well or lose weight or just feel good in general, uh, then all of a sudden it's no longer this state of denial, you know, going out for drinks with the friends every single night of the week. It's like, okay, I can see this is actually impacting my longevity and my will, my ability to feel good. And then all of a sudden there, it's easier to make a change when you can see on paper what's actually going on. Oh, definitely by far. And you know, I talked about the 20,000 people who've, who've taken our tests. Most of those people, it's important to add context into that population. Most of those people are going to be very healthy already, right? They are choosing to take our test. So a lot of people who are doing this type of testing are using it as the one kind of rule them all objective biomarker to say, okay, how healthy am I? Um, because you really can't tell by looking at someone, right? I mean, they're, they're like I said, you know, people smoke a lot more or, you know, they binge drink a lot or environmental exposures, you know, chronic sun exposure. Sure. You can see it outside. Like you talked about that phenotypic variation, but you really don't know how you're aging until you, you test. So we always say, you know, you can't manage it until you're actually measuring it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's good. Yeah. When you see it on paper, you know, it's like a, a reality check. It's like, okay, well, this is out of range or, Hey, I really need to make these changes because let's be honest we hear the lifestyle things all the time. People don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. It's intuitive, but I, I am telling you, um, and I'm allowed to say this because I'm from Ohio and I've done so many report reviews. So I know how a lot of people are aging. The people who have the best aging are like people who live on a farm in Ohio or, or Indiana. They're walking every day. They're moving their body. They're eating whole foods, no artificial flavorings. And it's just like, what I would call more of that, you know, simple life. Um, so I'm, you know, I, I'm being completely serious. Um, those, mm-hmm. those are really the people who who have the best aging. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been my experience as well with clients. I think I've probably said this on the podcast before, but I have a client who's older and he is a farmer, a cattle farmer, and uh, his labs look better than most young men that I've seen. And <laughs> I think, and yeah, I mean, he drinks pretty regularly too, but I think because everything else is so wholesome in his life that it, his, his body has an ability to handle it because everything else is really well done. So, uh, he's out, he's out in the dirt and he's working and he's out in the sunlight and all the things. Right. And I think it's been truly beneficial to his health. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, definitely. And and that just backs up, you know, that point even, even a little bit further. And, um, you know, sure. If if you get those lifestyle factors checked out, we can move up that pyramid, I call it, and and we can move to the supplements, right? I talked about some of those methylated cofactors. There's things like the NR, the NMN, alpha ketoglutarate, um, vitamin D would be my number one recommendation. That's just been the one that's been in the literature over and over again, about 4,000, 6,000 IU per day you know, plenty, plenty of, of, of backing there. Um, 
if you want to move up from supplements, you could go to medications, right? If you, if that's part of your kind of lifestyle or your practice, um, medications can include, uh, you know, different, different peptides, um, maybe different IVs, um, some, some things of the sort. And, and if you want to move up even further, then there's med, uh, excuse me, there's, there's procedural base as well. So procedure is at the very, very top, right? Those are going to be more expensive. They're going to be harder to find. Um, but there we're talking about, you know, some, some really intense therapy, like hyperbaric oxygen chambers, um, exosome stem cells, plasma apheresis, young plasma exchange infusions. So it just, you know, depending on what your healthcare provider believes, what you believe, your budget, all of those different things, uh, you know, in life, uh, I think that's where you end up finding where you land on that, on that pyramid. Well, Dara, now I wish that I would have taken your test. I'm practically living in the hyperbaric <laughs> chamber these days. So. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to use it to get my heal my shoulder that has problems oh yeah 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 Yeah. so um I spend quite a bit of time in there I actually have to go today uh but now I'm always that person I want to see what stuff you know I'm actually going to run my labs here in a couple weeks because I'm just curious about all these things that I'm doing and how they're affecting my my lab markers so yeah um, anyway is it a hard chamber or or a chamber it's a hard hard chamber chamber. Mm -hmm. okay yeah um yeah so there was a study that came out of Israel I want to say a couple years ago, don't quote me on that, um, but looked at DNA methylation telomere length testing and saw before and after in the increase of that telomere length. Um, it was an okay study. I would say there's there's some things I would have done differently with the methods and, and whatnot. Um, but basically, we're doing a hyperbaric oxygen chamber therapy uh, study right now, a clinical trial with Dr. Jason Saunders. Mm-hmm. Um, he's out of HBOT USA, but um, I mean, he, he basically went back to school He's a chiropractor, went back to school for his PhD to understand how hyperbaric works. Um, So this is his thesis is the clinical trial that he's doing with us. Um, But we're basically taking, I think, 50 patients before and after looking at soft versus hard and different atmospheric pressures to to see, you know, what's really going on. So we're actually running those samples as we speak um, Mm -hmm. and should have the data analysis done very soon. Interesting. Yeah. I spend, I've been spending a lot of time in there. I've also been doing, um, Hockett therapy. I don't know if you've heard of that, but, um, Uh -uh. it's not pressure it's done with, um, ozone and, uh, it's done with ozone and CO2, but, uh, so I'm doing both, but yeah, the hyperbaric chamber that I'm in is at the actual hard capsule type one. I think they get it up to like 52 PSI or something like that, but um, yeah, it's super interesting. I actually like going. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I know we have healthcare providers who are doing the ozone and, you know, CO2 therapy and all this crazy stuff. Um, but the need for interventional trials is real, right? That's why we can look at our data from more of a, a what we say, a med- metadata analysis scale and say, okay, these look a little bit better, or, you know, you may want to try X, X, Y, and Z. So we're still finding out a lot more about, you know, what moves these in, in a good direction. Um, you know, if we want to talk more, I, I know I skipped over medications kind of very briefly, but things like even the rapamycin, the rapamune, uh, metformin, semaglutide, canagaflozin, terazipatide, um, there's some senolytics as well that I didn't, I didn't mention, um, like physotin, quercetin, disatinib, gerostopin, curcumin, um, you know, again, all about that healthy balance. So, so you want some hypermethylators, some hypomethylators. Mm-hmm. So what makes your company different than other companies out there? There's quite a few people getting into this space now. What sets you guys apart? 
Yeah. Um, you know, we actually wrote, I think we sent it out last week, a really nice open letter. Um, our, our head of bioinformatics, Dr. Varun um, Dwarka, wrote this open letter saying, hey, let's silence. I think it was like silencing the noise in the epigenetic space. I mean, it's really good. If anyone's interested, I can I can forward it on. Um, but number one, true diagnostic uses those published validated algorithms that I mentioned in the beginning. Um, we also joke, you know, it's like going to a fortune teller and asking them, hey, what's your biological age if those companies aren't using something that's in the literature, right? You're, you're just mm -hmm. trusting what they're giving you without any, any backing, um, which is not good because then all of this beautiful research that's being published, you're not able to use it or apply it to, to your data, right? Um, so I would say that's that's number one. We're, we're holding ourselves up as very, very high scientific integrity level. Um, number two, this goes hand in hand, is we, we're only using blood samples. So we're not doing a buckle, we're not doing saliva um, because the cell type variance matters. So again, any algorithm that's been published and validated has been performed in blood. So those two kind of go together. Um, you know, everything else uh, aside from that is, is as equally as important, but we have our own lab, we're CLIA certified. So we don't send your samples off to any other place. We're, we're in-house, um, you know, we're located in, in, in Lexington, Kentucky. Our turnaround time is about two to three weeks from the time we receive that sample. So it's so quick because again, everything's being run under our roof. Um, we're very into the research too. Like if, if I'm going and doing a test, I want to make sure like they're the leaders in the space and like looking at the research here. So we have about 30 clinical trials going on at any given time. Um, you know, give or take a few, um, but we're always looking at what actually changes these markers and, and we're really built for, for healthcare providers and education. So we're, we're, I think, making a wave in terms of what this might mean to, to our health. That's great too. And it's so hard now to find providers in the integrative space that actually know what's going on. I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate. I have the podcast. I, I'm become friends with so many people, right. That I trust, but I mean, as a everyday consumer, now you've got a lot of things going on in that space where, because it's trendy, people are getting into it, but they're still doing allopathic type things. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's great. You guys have connections with that though. When you do do the test, you're like, Hey, we've got people that specialize in this and they can help you with it. Yeah. And, and yeah, if anyone needs, you know, we don't put our list public. We don't want people reaching out on them, but if anyone says, Hey, I want a female or male who's this old, who focuses here, who's telemedicine or who's a one hour drive or whatever, like we'll, we'll get that to you. We get those requests all the time. Um, I think another good point to, to state Connie is, you know, we're not selling you anything besides the testing. We're not selling you the intervention. We're not selling you the fix, right? It shouldn't be a test to sell you something else. Mm -hmm. It should be a test to measure what it's made to measure. And, and then, you know, to give you advice on, hey, here's what looks best. So you'll find all these supplement companies selling the test, um, right? Because they want you to take their supplement afterwards. So mm -hmm. we'll say, hey, vitamin D, all right, we'll go get your vitamin D from, you know, ABC company, um, but and, and until there's, you know, an interventional trial on that specific type. So just, you know, again, buyer beware too. It's, you, I, I'm basically wanting to highlight your point that, hey, if, if you really want to get into this, you have to find someone that you trust, whether it be your integrative provider or whatnot, to navigate this space for you because mm -hmm. it is getting so saturated um, with what I would honestly call more, more pseudoscience, which is super mm -hmm. unfortunate. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, if the listeners of today's podcast want to find about more about you and your company and what you guys do, how do they do that? 
Yeah, definitely. So we are just at uh, truediagnostic.com. It's T-R-U and then diagnostic is singular. Um, you know, you can, you can shoot us a, a contact form on there. You can email me at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H at truediagnostic.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram at everything epigenetics. So a page where you can just learn a little bit more about these epigenetic markers and what they mean towards your health. Again, help you navigate all of this, this new fun, exciting research and, and science. Well, that's exciting. And I'll make sure and I put all of that in the show notes too. So our listeners have an easy click if they want to come and find you. Yeah, sure. No, it's, it, this has been awesome. Yes, it's been amazing. I'm so thankful that you joined me and we'll have to do it again soon. Sounds great, Connie. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about me, my online programs, or to inquire about coaching, please visit www.connienightingale.com. And remember, nothing in the contents of this show is intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any illness and it is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your primary care physician before implementing any new health protocols.